This episode of the Gondrepreneur Podcast is made possible by 420 friendly service providers in the Gondrepreneur Business Directory. If you need professional help with your business, from accounting to legal services to consulting, marketing, payment processing, or insurance, visit gondrepreneur.com slash businesses to find service providers who specialize in helping cannabis entrepreneurs like you. Visit the Gondrepreneur Business Directory today at gondrepreneur.com slash businesses. Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and thank you for listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of entrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Lindsay Mintz. She's the owner and managing partner for Glendale, Colorado's Smokin' Gun Apothecary. It's a female-owned, late-night, vertically integrated dispensary and the first in the state to be built from the ground up rather than repurposing an existing space. How are you doing this afternoon, Lindsay? That was quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I am doing no, great. You have you have a lot going on. I'm 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 really excited. You have a very interesting uh, space. Um, so before we sort of get into the details of that, uh, tell me about yourself. How'd you end up uh, in the cannabis space in Glendale, Colorado? Sure. So I actually ended up in this space. It was the new, we call it the green rush, but it was really the new gold rush here in Colorado. Um, we knew vertical integration was going away. And one thing about our family is I think it's really important as a business person to know what you don't know. And we, we don't know growing, but we know business, we know uh, regulation with some of the other things we're involved in. And it just made, it made so much sense. It was so exciting. So we decided to go. So you, you, you mentioned sort of the, what else your, your family has going on. Uh, you have quite the uh, history there in, in Glendale. Why don't you tell us about that? Sure. So my, uh, it's actually my mother-in-law. Her name is Debbie Donovan. She started, or actually um, not started, but took over Shotgun Willies, which is a gentleman's club over 35 years ago here in Glendale. So um, one of the only female operators, and maybe at this point in time, she's one of, or she is the only female operator of a gentleman's club in the nation. Um, and that woman is just absolutely incredible. She knows regulation like no other and um, really knows how to work with businesses that are, that are marginalized. Uh, and sort so, of risky. Yeah, definitely risky. She has been, uh, people have tried to put her out of business many times throughout the years. She's been featured on, um, on programs like Dateline, started the actual first tea party, the Glendale Tea Party is what we called it, when people were trying to put her out of business. And really our our mentality as a family and also as a city of Glendale, it, it's about liberty. And if you're not doing anything to hurt anyone, there's no need to add extra regulations. So so you mentioned sort of this idea of liberty and, and before we get into sort of the regs and sort, sort of stuff, at, at your dispensary, uh, you guys include a prohibition museum, right? The exact, uh, you're, you're featuring the exact opposite of Liberty. Uh, wh what made you decide to, to include this museum as, as part of uh, your, your shop? I th it, this is really one of the reasons 
that led us to open Smoking Gun 2 is we really feel like we have a responsibility to share this story. It's the the story of prohibition and what it's done to us. If you actually walk into Smoking Gun, a really neat piece inside the dispensary is this bank teller window. It's from the 19 from the 1870s, the Bank of Hibernia. And that was actually five years before the first drug laws were passed in 1875. So you'll it's this idea of walking into, when you walk into the, the waiting room, it's walking into this land of prohibition where we've spent trillions of dollars and lost millions of lives. Then you can walk into this dispensary and essentially take a step back, right, before, uh, before we had some of these laws, like back in the 1870s. And then we actually have a sign when you're walking out where we talk about this fact that you, we've spent trillions of dollars on this drug war, lost thousands of lives, and you're, you're re-entering this land of contradiction and prohibition. And believe it or not, the addiction rate is almost the exact same. In the 1870s, it was about 1.5%. And trillions of dollars later, we're still at about 1.5%. So whose idea was this? I mean, who's the historian that, that, you know, That would be Debbie's husband, Mike. He is a complete visionary. He's actually the mayor of Glendale as well. And really, um, he has run for governor. So if I could for a second tell you a little bit about Mike, he was the only mayor in the Metro Mayor's Caucus that was in support of Amendment 64. So he actually single-handedly prevented the mayors from coming out in opposition to Amendment 64. No way. Yeah. And um, actually, uh, Phil, you could look this up. It's called the trap, but he actually filmed a. So this is a, this is a country boy, right? His grand, his uh, father was one of the original Marlboro men. Um, oh, no he actually he did a rap video with Wyclef. <laughs> I, I, like it, it's there. It's called the trap. So you can look at it. Um, and you know, really, he's ta- he's done some snu- uh, stuff with Snoop Dogg. But as working from the political side, you know, to really talk about there is no there is no need for us to have prohibition on something like this. So uh, let me ask you: How do you find the items to exhibit for this thing? Is it is it easy for you guys to to find the sort of stuff, or do you really have to, you know, go searching for it? The believe it or not, we it, it was Mike and or actually I believe it was our CFO that was at an antique store up in Idaho Springs, which is on your way up I seventy as you're going to the mountains, and they actually came. It was either our CFO or Deb and Mike, but they found this actual teller window in this little antique store. It was a complete coincidence, but we were just like, oh my gosh, we have to have this. So, so as you mentioned the, the, the window, tell me about the, the unique design of the building. Um, and then, and then tell me who came up with it and, and sort of give me the lowdown on that. So if you actually look at the shop from Google earth, it's shaped like a Mac 10 pistol. And that kind of playing on this smoking gun idea, we had this uh, plan to possibly have the building smoke, actually, like, you know, be a smoking gun. Um, That could still definitely happen one day, but we haven't done it yet. So it starts really from Google Earth that you can actually see that our shop is shaped like this. Uh, And then when you walk in, 
we walk you into that land of prohibition with that prohibition museum. Um, we have a live feed from law enforcement against prohibition. And it's actually really neat because a lot of people, you walk in and we've made the door into the dispensary a speakeasy. So a lot of people actually walk, they, they start walking into the bathroom because they don't see the door. <laughs> so it's this whole idea of walking into this speakeasy. Um, and then once you get into the, sh- the shop, we really... One thing when we were looking at some of the the dispensaries that were already around in Colorado that um, were vertically integrated, um, one thing we really didn't like was this idea of it was very rushed. It felt like a lot of pressure. It was you one on one with a bud tender, and you know, it, you I didn't feel like as somebody who wasn't a consumer, I didn't really feel like. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel like I could ask my questions. There were other people waiting and I didn't want to be that person spending 15 minutes. So what we decided to do was really take this, uh, make our shop like a supermarket and let capitalism take over where the best products are really going to win. So, so you, you obviously put a lot of thought into, you know, I mean, everything from the design to, to the, to the layout, right. And you got to build this uh, from the ground up, but tell me about sort of your promotions, the ones that you have, uh, with, uh, the, the gentlemen's club, you know, and, and how important are sort of promotions in general in this space, especially in Rado, which has this, you know, far more mature market than most others. Not only does Colorado have a very mature market, but we actually have more dispensaries than we have Starbucks. Um, and that is a true fact. So I think it's incredibly important. And I think it's really important to find a need, fill a need and be really passionate about your unique differences. And for us, one of the things we really play to is our relationship with our sister company, which is shotgun willies. Um, we do on Thursday nights, we actually have go-go dancers. So not entertainers, but we do, we use the girls from next door. They come over and they do go-go dancing. We've got live DJs. And that's one of the benefits that we have to being a late night dispensary. Our late night crowd is obviously very different than our, you know, daytime crowd where we do see a lot of working professionals, the soccer moms that might not be as comfortable with a promotion like that. But we def that is one thing we do. And then we also have the prohibition pass. Yeah. Tell me about this prohibition pass. You know, can you, can you tell about Talk about how uh, it, it, it drives revenue at, at uh, sm- Smoking Gun. I think one of the, the things that's been difficult in this industry in Colorado is customer loyalty. Um, everybody, I still, because this is essentially being, it, it's a commodity, right? So people are, I think a lot of times we're still walking that line of business versus somebody that really comes in with a passion for the plant. So what we've done is try to create this prohibition pass to um, fight against the people that say, I want med card pricing. So uh, the prohibition pass, there is a monthly membership fee, but with that, it has everything from $89 ounces to um, we've got phenomenal flower discounts and concentrate discounts. So it's essentially giving our customer base, not only med card pricing, but also inviting them to some special events that T-Bar does or Shotgun Willies does, or maybe giving them swag bags from our vendors that have, that have t-shirts, stickers, um, all that kind of stuff that, that people like. So it's this idea of creating this culture and group of loyalty in smoking gun. 
So one of the other things that you've you've sort of done, you decided against opening multiple locations and going the route of vertical integration, which goes against the general grain of the industry. Uh, you know, what, what, why did you decide to take that route? We are not opposed to opening more locations. That's definitely um, one thing I'll say. We are actually actively looking at this idea of possibly franchising or licensing because of the message that we're trying to put out there, right? Like it's more than it's more than just a pot shop. We're really trying to tell the story of prohibition, where we've come from uh, and where we are now. So that is something we are open to. Um, I kind of touched on the idea of why we're not doing the growth side right now. I I think it's incredibly competitive here and you've got people that are phenomenal at what they do. And it's just not something that we, we feel like we can offer the best retail experience. Could we offer that from the growing side? I'm sure we could down the road, but I don't think we can compete with the amazing things that companies like, you know, Binsk and Chibachu and Mary's Medicinals are doing. I just don't, I don't think we can. (laughs) So another, another super interesting part of your business, I think, um, is, is that you guys are a late night dispensary. And since the launch of every industry, right, the, 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 the sort of debate that happens beforehand is that, you know, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to bring in more crime and, and, you know, a late night dispensary, you know, you think about sort of a late night, uh, convenience store, right? They, they have sort of been magnets for crime in some areas. Uh, what's the late night experience been for you and your staff with regard to safety? I really think a lot of the credit for the fact that we have had zero issues at Smoking Gun really goes to to two groups. Number one is the city of Glendale. Uh, I think they do a phenomenal job of just really making sure people are safe. They're always out and about. Um, we're a very, very small town, so they can be there at a minute. I mean, we're smack dab in the middle of Denver, but they could be there literally within 90 seconds, actually. Their response time is absolutely ridiculous. So, um, you know, a lot of the credit goes to them. But what we also do is we do have, uh, it is an armed guard, but not in full on like tactical gear, really making people feel uncomfortable. So Scott is absolutely amazing. He knows most of our, our, our prohibition pass members and our customers. He knows them by name. Um, and just, he, not only does he make our staff feel more comfortable, but I really think he makes our customers feel more comfortable. So that's why people choose smoking gun as their late night stop. Well, I mean, shout out to, to Scott. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you, you mentioned, you mentioned the city of, of Glendale and, and you're also on the city council. Um, what, can you just tell me about sort of the process uh, when when they when you guys are deciding to open a dispensary? I know that in, in many places, you know, the city council sort of the buck stops here. You know, we're not going to allow dispensaries. What what are the opinions of the local officials regarding cannabis businesses? We kind of we we like to joke around about this. So Mike will call Glendale the Luxembourg of Liberty, and he's <laughs> he, he's been quoted as saying, "If I could have just one law on the books, it would be don't be a jackass." So, you know, it's really taking that mentality. I I don't think you could look at anybody on our city council and say they're a Republican, they're a Democrat. I think you'd look at us and say, like, these people really want what's best for us. And, you know, we look at this idea of personal personal liberty and personal freedom. Um, So as far as that goes, uh, as long as it's not restricted by any type of zoning, um, you know, obviously the owner of the buildings doesn't have 
any issues with it. There are some things that are still within our charter that we have to make sure we're following, but we're not going to tell somebody whether it's a dispensary or it's a gentleman's club or, you know, who knows, they legalize mushrooms one day. It's not our job to tell people what kind of businesses they can and can't have as long as it falls within our charter. Well, and something else that's that's happening in Colorado is they're considering uh, allowing social use. And, you know, Denver's opened a a couple shops uh, already because they had the sort of local initiative. Is that something that uh, Glendale officials would be open to if it were to pass at state level? I think definitely. So that's one thing that we listen to what our constituents want. And that's why we do type, we do, we pull for any new business that comes in and we really get the opinions of the people that live in Glendale. A neat, another neat fact about Smoking Gun is it's actually a two-story building and we have a rooftop that is live loaded. We have considered this idea of a consumption area uh, just for us from the business side of it. It's really a matter of can, is it, does it make sense from the financial side, right? Like how do you make money from this venture? And that's really what we are still trying to figure out. So, you know, let's, let's sort of switch gears here a little bit. And I want to ask you, what uh, were the barriers for entry or were there any for you getting into this space? And and what do you think other women uh, or what, what do you know other women in the space uh, are dealing with, with regard to barriers to entry? I really think this uh, one thing Debbie has been quoted as saying is this idea where it's the first gold rush where women could participate as equals. Um, And I really think it's been a phenomenal space for females to get into. You see an exceptional amount of very successful businesses too, that are female owned. Um, And I think that it's just, not only do you have groups of of women that have gotten together and we support each other within this space, but I just think the space as a whole has been phenomenal to treat everyone as equals and we're just super welcoming. You have another uh, project company that that you work, uh, that that, that you founded, right? Uh, Arcanum? Yep. Can you tell me about that and the role uh, of CBD from Full Spectrum Hemp plays in sort of fitness? Of course. So the way we got into Arcanum, I will be the first to tell you that I've building smoking gun and testing out products. I definitely tried it. And THC is just in marijuana. It, it isn't my thing, which more power to everybody that likes it. I just, it, it wasn't something that really struck a chord with me. And then I got really sick. I actually developed breast implant illness, um, had one of the most severe cases that's been seen. I were actually to the point where I couldn't get properly diagnosed. Um, I was on everything from pick lines to steroids to, uh, I think I was uh, developing resistant staph infections. I mean, it was a really dark time. And I had a bud tender and she, she saw me and she's like, Lindsay, will you please just try something really high in CBD? And I'm like, you know, I just don't want this psychoactive. I own multiple businesses. I can't have that. I have to be functioning on all cylinders. And she's like, please just try it. So I ended up trying um, a very high CBD to THC tincture. And within about six months, this wasn't an overnight thing. It wasn't rainbows and unicorns, but I was actually able to get off all of my pharmaceuticals with the help of, of, it was marijuana at this point, but it was very high in that CBD. 
So that transition led to, I'm a former professional athlete. Um, my father-in-law played football for the Denver Broncos. My husband played rugby for the United States. So we're very athletic. And at this point, there wasn't a single company that was willing to ditch this hippy dippy stoner mentality associated with hemp and, and take the risk and be like, Hey, we're going to go after the active individual, whether that's professional athletes or it's, you know, the, the mom who gets tendonitis from holding her kiddo or it's the weekend warrior. I just feel like there was such, there's such a barrier um, to entry for hemp. And this was back in 2017. We didn't, we don't need to make it more difficult by having cannabis and hemp leaves all over everything and rainbows. So we, uh, we started our canum and flash forward two years later, we've got first to market products like a water soluble CBD electrolyte. We've got CBD infused kinesiology tape, um, and about, I think 12 different products now first company to sponsor a professional sports team. Uh, and it's just been an amazing ride. Which, which team are you sponsoring? We actually sponsored, so Major League Rugby started, uh, this is the second year of Major League Rugby, and we sponsored two teams last year, and that was the Seattle Seawolves and the Glendale Raptors. So what's been the response? I mean, you have these sort of ties to, you know, rugby players, you have ties to uh, the NFL. What's been the response from these sort of high-level athletes when you introduce them to your CBD products? It is definitely, uh, there's a lot of questions. And one thing that's been really neat to watch is how the climate changes literally month by month. So if you were to ask me that question in January of 2018 versus talking to me about it now, it, it, it's literally night and day. Um, I think I really hit on the idea of third-party testing. Um, the fact that I think last time I checked the statistic, it was 126 deaths per day from opioid overdose. And and a lot of that really, I mean, how many stories have you heard of, of college football players, professional football players that get um, an injury and get addicted to opioids and end up overdosing? Like there's this, this chain that needs to be broken. So for our, for us in our canon, it's really trying to break that, that stigma and tell people that there's a better way. There's an alternative to not sacrifice your internal health to be able to do what you love. Well, and it also, I mean, some sort of early studies have found that uh, CBD, high CBD products uh, are probably helpful for CTE-related uh, symptoms, um, which are very much associated with both rugby and uh, professional football. Um, well, you know, you mentioned something very interesting. The, the, you said you have the, the kinetic tape? The kinesiology tape. The kinesiology tape. With the, I obviously am not a sports guy. <laughs> Um, how did you come up with, with that product? I mean, that, that's really unique. I've never heard of anything like that before. So how the idea behind that, um, we obviously see a lot of use of kinesiology tape in the professional space. I think it was really made popular. You had athletes like Carrie Walsh, who was using it on the beach volleyball circuit. Um, and we've seen companies utilize technology in patches. So for us, we were like, you know what, this is a, a product that really stays true to our passion, which is this athletic sports channel. And let's see if we can essentially take patch technology and if, infuse it into kinesiology tape. So we actually, uh, it lands with the finished product it is going to be start shipping out on this coming Monday, which is, I believe, April 29th. 
how how long was the R? I'm always really interested in how long a product takes to get to market. How long did the what was the R and D like for this product? It took 18 months. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it was 18 months of next month is coming, next month is coming. But really, it was making sure that um, we were actually having the biggest issue with the adhesive. So our tape was too sticky, which is usually not a problem with kinesiology tape. But we were like, oh, this is just it was leaving a little too much residue. So it was an 18 month process to bring this product to market. That's absolutely uh, an incredible, it's incredible that it's finally coming out. Congratulations on that. Um, you, you also have a charitable organization. Uh, could you tell me about that? And then, uh, you know, because of sort of the stigma that cannabis companies have, do you think that it's sort of necessary that, that you do some sort of charitable work to try to win people over or... or you know, is it just something that, that you do because, you know, you care about your community? I'm always curious about that. Our foundation, it's the Dunifin Family Foundation. And underneath that, we do have a, a couple branch offs of that. It is incredibly important to us and that we've been so blessed with the ability to be in business in all of these spaces that it is it's a no brainer for us to give back to not only to, and we really fo- like to focus on our community, whether it's Glendale or, or the state of Colorado. I think there's so many great things that can be done, you know, nationally and worldwide. But for us, it's like, let's start on our home turf and really see what kind of difference we can make. Um, with that said, I mean, we have done things that smoking gun, like supported the flood efforts in Houston when that was going on. Um, we've, our foundation has, we donate um, a portion of every purchase from Arcanum to providing and funding alternative health options for veterans. We've helped put kids in fitness programs uh, all throughout the kind of greater Denver area. So it is something that is um, definitely very close to our heart. And to answer the second part of your question, do I think it's important? I definitely think it's important because there's such a stigma, especially on the marijuana side, to show people that like, hey, yes, this is, a, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's going to, it's a billion dollar industry, but we're really trying to do some good too. And we're not leaving it up to the government. So the government will say, oh, we're putting this marijuana tax money towards, towards schools and towards this. But it's like, Hey, let us show you that we're taking it one step further. So a lot of what you, you, you are doing is education. You've got the, the prohibition museum, um, you know, is this something that you, you consciously set out to do, you know, to say, you know, we want to teach people about this plan? I mean, even with, with Arca- uh, Arcanum, um, you know, you had to do a lot of outreach with skeptical sort of athletes. Um, is this part of your mission at this point? 100%. It is a responsibility to us. And that's how we view it, that we are so fortunate to be able to have this opportunity here in Colorado. We have a responsibility as a company, whether it's Smoking Gun or Arcanum, to to educate people. And the last thing that I, I want to get from you here is, is give me some advice for people who are who are looking to uh, enter this space. I mean, you obviously have a long track record of success. Um, you know, what what sort of uh, thing would you tell somebody who comes to you and says, hey, you know, I, I want to open up uh, a cannabis business? 
if you are in it just for the money, don't do it. Um, and that's, it, it's for a lot of reasons. I think we don't need any people in the space that aren't passionate about the, about the education side and about all the amazing benefits of both marijuana and hemp. So cannabis as a whole, all the amazing benefits that this plant offers. Um, so I would say if that is your one goal and then we could, I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole of 280E and taxes and all that, but that would be, um, you know, that would be my big don't. I think as far as what you really need to look for is what it's such a vast space. So going back and I mentioned this a little earlier, but finding that need, filling that need and being really passionate about what it is that makes you different. So for our canum, for us, it's, you know, we're going after athletes or, or the active individual for smoking gun. We are so passionate about lighting the way to Liberty. And we see this shop as our, uh, as just a one stepping stone towards really teaching people what Liberty and freedom are. I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, I don't think we hear enough from, um, you know, people who are, who are this passionate, especially about the education side of it. And, um, I really look forward to seeing, you know, what comes out of Arcanum, uh, you know, the, the CBD side of it, uh, you know, is, is new, it's, it's emerging. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you took the time to come on the podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful to be able to come on and help a little bit and share our story because I think it can hopefully point some people in the right direction. And if people are interested in learning more, um, or maybe looking at some pictures of smoking gun, you can go to smoking gun apothecary.com and Arcanum is arcanumedge.com. Well, that's Lindsay Mintz. She is the uh, owner and managing partner for Glendale, Colorado's Smoking Gun Apothecary. Thank you again, Lindsay. Thank you so much, TG. You can find more episodes of the Gondrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gondrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gondrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gondrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trib Media House. I've been your host, TG Brandfall. 